Hi, it's Cree Mitchell again, and I'm doing episode two of It Takes a Village. And in talking about the village and raising a child, according to the African Proverbs, there are people that God, I believe, will systematically set into our lives, even as children, to guide us, to influence us, to sharpen us, to help us become the people that He desires us to be, to help us to fulfill the destiny that we've been called to fulfill. One of those people in my village was my grandfather, Joe Pearl. And uh, as a child, he would tell his story. And I realize now that story was kind of like a foundation and a catalyst for helping me get to certain levels in life. Because I would remember some of the things that he said, even regarding the the struggles he dealt with in life, and it comforted me. One of the things he would always say was, since he was a father of 14 children by my grandmother and one by someone else, actually 15 kids altogether, and a host of grandchildren, he didn't have money to leave us when he died, but he gave us something more than money. And he would say, I don't have a whole lot of money. I can't give you money. But I gave you a faith in God and a love for God and the word of God. That will take you further than any money I could leave you. And it's been the word of God and my faith in God and the love of God that's been like a blanket to cover me when times got really dark and cold. That was the thing that warmed my soul and helped me make it to the next level. Proverbs 27 and 17 says that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Another translation says as iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of one individual sharpen the countenance of another. And the people in our village are to sharpen us. They're to help make us better. They're to bring out our flaws, but they're also to help us work through those flaws to become better people. One of the things my grandfather used in order to help sharpen me was he would tell us the story of his life. He was a man, third child, third son of three, whose father left when he was two, and he never saw him again. His mother remarried when he was four, And he left home at 13 because he didn't get along with his stepfather. He and his friend Wyatt struck out on their own at 13. And he said that he lived up in the, in the, in the, in the country, up in the, I guess in the hills with uh, a hermit, an old man that was a hermit. He took both of them in and he said that man, they stayed with that man for over a year and the man trained them and taught them how to be men. A lot of what he didn't know, this man taught how to cook, how to hunt, how to do various things in order for him to survive. That old hermit happened to be part of his village and it sharpened him. And so it gave him survival skills and he tried to pass on some of those survival skills along with the word of God, to help us make it. He would set us down as kids around him 
and he would begin to tell his stories. Then he would begin to talk about God. And he would always say, it doesn't matter what you do in this life, how bad it is in this life, what you've done. Always run to God, never run away from him because he will forgive whatever it is that you do. And that is something else that sticks in my mind a lot. Doesn't matter how bad it is, no matter how bad what you've done, your screws up, screw ups. He is all God is always there. He never will not forgive you. He will always love you, no matter what. He said, as long as you're on this side of eternity, there's a chance for you to be forgiven and do better. And I appreciate that because, like I said, his the things he imparted to me. They help strengthen me and help keep me. The other thing he's done, he did, was he married a woman who was an unusual woman. My grandmother Mary, Mary Lucretia Mitchell. And um, she imparted a whole lot more, in a sense, was like to balance what he gave me. It wasn't that the word of God wasn't balancing me, but she used it in a whole nother framework. She basically taught me how to wage war in life with the circumstances that come against you, how to take a stand, how to be determined, how to take my faith to a whole nother level. Sometimes she would frustrate my grandfather with the things that she would tell us because they seemed to contradict what he was saying. But she would always say, what your grandfather's teaching you is good. You need that in this life. You need to have a faith in God and love in God and the word of God. But what I'm going to teach you is how to deal with people. Because you're going to need to know that. And there was one time that she um, taught me about determination. I was about, I think I was eight years old. And she took a a red top and set it on the table, pulled her glasses down and told me and my cousin and uh, my sister and said, watch this. And she'd say, Joe, what color is that cap? And he'd say red. She'd say it's blue. And he'd say it's red. She'd say it's blue. He said, why do you want to argue with me? She says it's red. He said it's red. And she said, no, it's blue. He said, Mary, we're not going to do this. You always want to fight. You always want to argue. It's red. And she put her finger on it. And she looked at me over her glasses and she said, remember this, it'll be blue till I say it's red. Don't you ever forget it. And I remember laughing and thinking, she is so funny. She is so funny. I just, you know, my grandfather would say, don't pay any attention to her. She just wants to be antagonistic. It wasn't until I became an adult and started battling some things that I, I heard her say, remember this, and I saw that red cap. It's blue to you say it's red. And I was so thankful because it gave me the strength to stand. And I, he would always say, one of these days, I don't know why, but one of these days you will figure out why I had to marry your grandmother. And I got it. She taught me how to wage war with the tools he gave me, how to stand. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Without that, I wouldn't have had that strength and that 
tenacity to stand, to fight the fight of faith. And I appreciate what she's imparted into me because it helped build me even the more. So I want to encourage you, don't curse your childhood. There's some good nuggets in everything that we have gone through. We just have to ask the Holy Spirit to show us and enlighten us so that we can get the good out of the bad. Samson, uh, in the book of Judges, made a riddle and he said this, out of, the be- out of the bitter comes sweet, out of the eater comes me. The worst things in the world, the bitter things in the world, there's a sweetness that we can draw from that. There's knowledge we can draw from that. There's wisdom we can draw from that. And from the very circumstance that's trying to destroy us, that will be the thing that God will use to sustain us, to feed us, to strengthen us. This is Cree Mitchell saying, I love you, God bless you, and have peace. Hello, it's Cree Mitchell again. We want to wish all our fathers a happy Father's Day, whether you are a biological father of children and you're fighting hard to be there to be a refuge and an oasis for your children, or maybe you're a step-in surrogate father who has been there for and a mentor for kids who don't have one. We want to thank you for your all that you do, and we want to wish you a happy Father's Day to my dad. Happy Father's Day to all my uncles. Happy Father's Day to everyone listening. Happy Father's Day. We just wanted to spend a little time talking about fathers. One of the scriptures in the Bible, Proverbs 10 and 9 says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. And we just want to encourage you on your journey as men, do the best that you can. Nobody's perfect. But before you do something crazy that's going to get you in trouble or going to cause a problem later down the road, stop and think about the little ones around you that are watching. There's always a kid or someone who's watching, wanting to be like you. You're the greatest example that they will ever have. I'm grateful for the men who have been in my life, my dad, my uncles, my surrogate grandfathers, as well as my grandfathers. The one individual besides my dad who's been most influential was my grandpa, Joe Pearl. And I remember him telling his story of his father left to never returned. His mother remarried two years later. He and his stepfather didn't get along. So at 13, him and his friend Wyatt struck out on their own. They happened to come across an old hermit who lived up in the hills, in the woods. And this man, even though he wasn't a black man, took them in and they lived with that man for over a year. And he trained them how to be a man, how to hunt, what they needed to look for. He talked to them. He mentored them. And that was a, a great blessing and had a profound impact on my grandfather's life. Fast forward years later, when he became 21, his parents were having financial difficulties. difficulties. So he goes back home 
and he stays with them, helps out, continues working until he marries my grandmother. At, he was 25 and she was 15. And my grandfather had a reputation for the ladies from what I could get from things he said and my grandmother said. And my grandmother wasn't having it. So she's not only did she spend a lot of time in prayer, in the word, and in church, but she also kept a pistol to let him know she wasn't having it, which is a whole nother story. But anyway, my grandfather didn't go to church when he got to be an adult. The kids were coming so fast until he worked basically seven days a week. And it was around about the time, I think my mother may have been six or eight, on a Sunday morning, he was out in the field plowing, miles and miles and miles away from the church. And the preacher was preaching a sermon. God is looking for a man, or God wants a man. And at that time, it was in the 1940s, so they didn't have sound systems and stuff like that. There was no way that the preacher's voice could carry. But miraculously, in the field where my grandfather was plowing, the preacher's sermon echoed to him. And I know it was God. And he heard the sermon. He got off the plow and started walking and walked to the church. And while the preacher's in the middle of preaching a sermon, he walks in and goes down to the front, and everybody is amazed. And the preacher says, Joe Pearl, what do you want? He said, I heard your sermon. God wants a man. And I realized I'm not a man. I need to be a man. And it was at that time my grandfather gave his heart to Christ, became a Christian, picked up that Bible, and began to read what God's definition of a man was. He didn't always make the best decisions. He didn't always make the right decisions, but he tried. And one of the things he told me, doesn't matter the mistakes you make in life, God will always forgive you and he will always help you. Never run from him, always run to him. His integrity that he developed after that day that he got off that plow and went to that church, and ask God to help him be a man was what took him through all those years. And it's important that we walk in love, that man, you walk in love, that you walk in integrity, that you love the mother of your children. You may not be with them. You don't always have to get along with them, but you need to love them, that you respect them because what you do to that mother determines how your children, how your sons will react to the women in their lives when they become adults and how your daughters will allow men to treat them. Before you do something rude and, and violent toward the women and the mothers of your children as well as your own mother, stop and think, do you want someone to do that to your, to your daughters or your granddaughters? Because whatever we put out in the universe, it comes back. The seeds we sow, we reap. And I just want to, again, encourage you to keep going, no matter what. I know it may not be hard. 
I mean, it may not be easy and it may get hard, but you can do it no matter where you are. Whether you're taking care of a parent or taking care of children or helping family members with children or holding down two or three jobs or to make ends meet, do it the right way. Do it the legal way and you'll make it. Proverbs 17 and 24 says, A discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Proverbs 27 Proverbs 17 and 27 says, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Proverbs 23 and 24 says, The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. And the only way you can have a wise son and a man of integrity is that you be one. It's important that you be one. You are a village for someone. You are an anchor for someone. You are the the light and the delight of some child somewhere. My grandfathers, both of them, were a delight and a light for me. So I want to encourage you again to keep going. Don't get frustrated. The Bible says train train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Do your best. Love them. Teach them integrity. Teach them to do things right. It will pay off for you in the long run. And they will be your monument, your legacy in the future. This is Cree Mitchell again saying, Happy Father's Day. I love you. God bless.